So why am I doing this? I'm starting this podcast because we all have a story and finances play a part in our struggles and successes. If we can learn from the many mistakes many others have made, we can make sure that more of us are successful. Like the quote says, to increase the chances of success, we must increase our failure rate. To be honest, I failed a ton. I will bring people from all walks of life, but mostly service members. If you have a story you would like to share, do not hesitate to reach out. From the go, like and subscribe to this podcast so many others can benefit. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Enabler Podcast. Today I have Major Sydney Jacks. Uh, she is currently an HQDA. She's a ranger. She's a badass. Uh, and I'm excited to hear all about you. Uh, how you doing today, Sydney? I'm good. How are you doing? I am awesome. I'm just having a, an incredible day, and I, I look forward to this podcast all day. Uh, so uh, tell us f- first about you. Tell us uh, your upbringing. Where, where were you raised? Uh, tell us a little bit about your history and then roll into your, your military <laughs> experience. Um, so I'm born and raised in New Jersey, uh, Central West Jersey. Uh, you'll hear my accent pop out when I go home or when I'm driving. Probably not so much in the podcast, but um, yeah. <laughs> but I grew up playing basketball, youngest of four, super athletic family. Um, my dad served in Vietnam and that's pretty much, I wasn't like an army brat or a military brat or anything like that. Um, but that kind of just kind of laid a foundation of patriotism and just that kind of that mindset. And, um, so I played basketball all through high school, got recruited to play basketball to the university of Scranton. That's where I found out about the ROTC scholarship, got a four-year scholarship. Um, so when I graduated, I commissioned into the adjutant general branch with the U S army. So I've been active duty since 2012. Uh, I went to airborne school while I was a cadet. And so that kind of landed me at Fort Bragg where I was a platoon leader there for uh, about a couple of years, including my first deployment. And then I came back was the battalion S one for second battalion, 325th airborne infantry regiment in the 82nd. Um, as the first female assigned to that UIC as their battalion S1 for a couple of years, deployed with them to um, Mosul and Erbil in 2016, 2017, maybe. It was like over the new year. Um, So that experience and serving there, um, working through that integration, learning the infantry culture um, really motivated me to submit a packet for RASP to serve at the 75th Range Regiment, where I was hired. I went to RASP and filled the regimental S1 position, the Brigade S1 position coming out of Captain's Career Course. So Mm -hmm. uh, PCS to Fort Benning. A few months into the job, went to Ranger School, completed that, and a couple more deployments with the 75th Range Regiment, working through some manning issues, um, had a, a... I mean, it was a challenging time, but I'm definitely proud and and honored to have served and worked for for them uh, and working through that Manning stuff because they're very autonomous. Um, So that was an amazing experience. And then I moved to Orlando, Florida to do a year-long training with industry assignment, working for Advent Health, yeah, and learning software, learning their PeopleSoft HR software, where now I'm applying that, working for IPSE with H. HQDA G1 and designing the next release. So we just went live with kind of basic HR stuff. Um, and I've been designing the next release, which is integrating all of army pay, um, talent management, marketplace, 
uh, stuff like that into the future releases of Pipsay. That's incredible. And just because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the time frame, the Mosul, that's when we did the push of Mosul. Yep. Right? So that's, yeah. So we, yeah, cool. we replaced, uh, second brigade hundred first and we close, closed out like the second half of Mosul. Awesome. That's incredible. I had a few friends that were there at that time. So, uh, in- incredible time that to go through that. And I think that, uh, I'm really glad you mentioned that time, the way that you explain your time as 75th Ranger, uh, for the Manning issue, yeah. right? Cause I, I remember, I don't remember where I was. I found this document and it was like, uh, admin in conflict, so to speak. Yeah. And it just gave me a, a look into admin and manpower and what it's like to man, uh, provide the adequate manpower for a mm-hmm. unit that is dealing with combat. It's a, it's a, a incredible challenge. And can you speak a little bit about those challenges? What was it like? Uh, what, is it a shortage of people? Is it the right people? What, what was that like? So, so up front, like that's my favorite part of AG is, uh, you know, because yeah. you got to think like the customer, what the customer is going to see is the frustration of the paperwork and their personal stuff. Yeah. But, and that, that's it. That is obviously a huge part, taking care of the soldier and figuring that out. Um, and you, you can see the gratification right there as an S1. But what I love is that operational manning and the strength management mm-hmm. um, and getting the unit ready for war, you know, and and, and then when you are deployed, um, managing the, the darkest part of it, which is the casualty operations and the strength operations and doing casualty es- estimates, um, things like that, where and maybe that's like the growing up playing basketball with that coach mindset of like, what's the right team on the court at this time? You know, if this person's injured, what, who's this, who's the best sixth man? Who's the best eighth man coming off the bench? And just that kind of mindset of coaching with a team. It's very similar right. as, as the S1, um, looking at that manning and the strength, the strength of your, your unit. So with, yeah. with 75th, um, it's not necessarily that there is a, a lack of interest. If anything, you know, especially with those combat arms, MOS is that's, that's the team you want to get on. If you're not going to go through selection, you're not going to go to um, SF. Like that's kind of where you that's where you should want to go. So at least on the officer side, it wasn't that it's not that difficult um, to recruit and and garner that interest early on in people's careers. It is kind of difficult in those support branches like AG finance um, and the warrant officer branches as well. It's kind of difficult to get them there. Um, because in our community, like in my branch, in my community, uh, I, I, I wasn't really supported uh, when I wow. talked to branch and was like, I want to, I'm going to put a packet in for rest. Um, or that'll ruin your career. You know, they're going to just use you for profile buffing, um, stuff like that. Or it's being judged because it's, <laughs> I'm kind of saying like, no, you guys are kind of lame. I want to, I want to go do something hard. Um, so there, there is, I'm not saying that there was no support. Like, yes, there was a little bit of support, but I I was surprised by the amount of like raised eyebrows or like scoffing at the interest in wanting to go do something difficult. And AG is not the only branch that's like that. Um, so it's a fun, it's, I think for me going in and bringing that AG perspective, because I was the only AG officer in the entire 75th Ranger Regiment when I was there for a little bit. And so we got a couple more and 
bringing, yeah, like bringing that perspective of when it comes to recruiting those soft skill MOSs or there's non-infantry, non-combat arms, bringing that perspective, bringing that empathy of like, how do we connect to those people that are in the 11 series? How, how do we communicate to them the opportunities and the purpose that you feel serving somewhere like this? So that, that kind of um, helped shift some of the communication methods as well. Um, but from an analytical standpoint, it was, it was straight up making, <laughs> doing the, the number analysis of looking at the, the RASP1, RASP2 pipeline of not how do we change the standards, but how do we, how do we approach this differently to try to get more non-11 series in? How do we prep them better to start out RASP1? Um, how do we find the right ones? And how do we get those those MOSs that are at like 20, 30% strength in the skill level one, skill level two? Because there were a lot of 11 series, you know, private specialists filling those combo roles or filling those soft skill roles, which then you feel it twice as bad um, for those guys down at the line. So it was, it's looking, it was really looking at that vast selection pipeline of, do we start more, you know, just looking at like, who do we pull out of pre-RAF once they're ready at a certain metric with a higher percentage of them meeting the standards so that they can graduate and we can start getting these non-11 series in. Um, so just looking at it with that AG brain rather than the infantry brain sometimes of you just got to find the people that can do it. And it, it's a little bit more than that. It's a math problem. Um, so that, that was really yeah. fun to have that experience and, um, get get our operational strength up to uh, a healthy number, so. That's incredible. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I am, uh, so I'm an EOD tech by trade and I'm, I'm gonna do this shout out here. Like I didn't expect I was gonna do it, but you know, the 28th EOD company, the most highly decorated EOD unit in the planet, right? Clearly they support 75th Ranger, which I'm not wearing a shirt, uh, I'm wearing a shirt from the SEER guys in Buckley Air Force Base. But to that point, I'm an EOD tech. And when I went to MARSOC, we don't have to fit through the pipeline of our, our operators, the CSO. Yeah. Because in reality, they don't need another CSO. They need an EOD tech. And I think that MARSOC, EOD, uh, and I think our other skills, uh, the Signers, DOGS, uh, JTACs, we found a great way to like, okay, CSOs need to be this. We need to be this, but it just looks very different. What does it take to fill those roles? And, you know, admin, finance, um, what's another uh, maintenance, right? Supply, all these jobs that need to be capable enough to do the task within uh, an organization, but don't have to be the same. Yeah. 75th ain't like yeah. that. <laughs> like it's, it's one, I, it's no, one that's standard. What it sounds like yeah, it. it's one standard. Doesn't yeah. matter what your age is. Doesn't matter what your gender is. Doesn't matter what your MOS is. Um, and they take pride in that. And, and, um, and I appreciated that. It, like, especially as a woman going there. So I was the second female to, to go through rest too. Um, right. And I, I appreciated that because it was like, first, first off, I'm being hired because of my brain. Uh, and, and what I achieved with the White Falcons and uh, improving their HR, how I did and, and fitting in physically with them, but physical standards and 
that it's a huge piece of 75th. So it doesn't matter. And that's, that's also why it's kind of hard with the warrant officers because they're, right. they're older. Yeah. That happens to us too. What I meant is, uh, like physical standards aside, yeah. we look very different, yeah. you know, and, and Marsoc is the same, you know, uh, this rocking standard, this swim standard, yeah. this physical fitness standard, everybody meets it. Oh, okay. once you're in, mm-hmm. once you cross the threshold, you don't have to be look the uh, same even on paper because you have a different skill. That's yeah, what I was getting. Uh, at. I was thinking uh, of like yeah. groups and group and and the support with the maroon braids versus the green braids. I was thinking about that. But yeah, okay, yeah. So in Marsoc, within our our um, enablers, mm-hmm. there's six jobs. We have to meet all the same standards physically than the CSS, yeah. right? Ruck assist speed, run assist speed, whatever. But then once I'm in, I normally like what, what I always told guys is like, you don't have to be the best shot, you know, but you cannot be the last, right? So we had to fit in because I'm hired to be a neonatic. Mm-hmm. I need to keep these fellas alive, right? Uh, so th- that's kind of yeah. what I was getting at. But it, it's an incredible challenge to man people, yeah. at, uh, man organizations uh, adequately, it you is. know? It's difficult. And yeah. So that's incredible. So going into a little bit to finance and I'll, I'll, I'll think that your, I, I saw the post that you did today. Uh, it really hit home that why you and I have our platforms, yes. right? People are struggling in whatever that may look like. We want to raise that bar. We want to improve their situation. And I've, I say it in almost every podcast, right? And I, I'm, I'm used veteran suicide as a, the, the problem, mm-hmm. right? It's veteran suicide. is not because of combat. It's not because of bad leaders. It's not because of relationships. It's not because of finance. But when I clump it all together, you end up beat down and life is very and different. And lonely. So, and lonely, right? Like that, that study that just came out about loneliness, right? How do, and you have a platform that focuses on certain things. I have mine that focuses on finance. But at the end of the day, we're talking about the same yeah. thing. We want our service members to live a better life, happier, with more smiles, and that's kind of where I think you and I realized that we merged, yeah. right? And, and, and while we might just continue on in different paths, that's where we merge. And I want to dive into that because, you know, being a, a major, you have, you know, a you know, certain level of income, right? But that doesn't mean that it's high or whatever. So I, I like starting early. Um, what are your finance scripts or if, that you remember than your environment, like the rich are evil, uh, money doesn't grow in trees or anything that had a long lasting effect. Your parents were too frugal or they just blasted money, things, things like that. Um, so I grew up in a pretty un- it, unstable financial home. Um, okay. And I saw the stress that it had on my dad. And um, mm-hmm. so that, you know, the, fear of potentially losing your home um you know it, it wasn't easy and i so and, and i also felt the guilt of being a child where my parents did everything they possibly could to to give me everything i like to get me on that team to to pay to go to the tournaments on the weekend to pay for the teams i was on so like and i i felt that guilt as a child um that i think is important and just seeing how you know seeing debt at an early age and the impact of that on my dad's health and the influence of that on why he's probably that's one of the major reasons probably why he, he passed away pretty early um wow and 
so I, I think, and also the pressure of a stay at home mom, that be on a working father. Uh, so I, I think it's scripts wise, it's, um, knowing what I, what I don't want to go back to is definitely one piece. And also the respect of having, like having the respect on who is bringing in the money. Um, and like valuing the effort that it takes, like no matter what the level of income is, is appreciating it and not taking it for granted and, um, not taking somebody for granted financially is a huge thing, especially for me as a woman, like to, to not take my partner, um, for granted, uh, for the money that they contribute. So. Right. Right. Especially since you are defined as a successful, uh, female and, you know, I, I was married before to a major and I know the, the stressors that that can cause. So that's, that's, that's incredible. And, uh, uh, sorry for your loss, uh, of your father. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, especially like on the, in those traditional, more traditional based relationships, um, money can be a huge stressor and i grew up seeing that uh and seeing the expectations of my mom like my mom i love my mom but like it was just a different time so the expectations on the man if you're talking about like that traditional type marriage and relationship um i saw the effect it had on my dad and i i don't ever want to put that on my partner if i were to ever be at home but yeah yeah and you and I had a conversation before this about how I see that traditional role. And I think it's the first time I'm going to put it out in the open that uh, it's a it's a team yeah. effort, right? And I see and I can never tell anybody how to run the relationship. Mm-hmm. This is my perspective and this is how I would run it if I asked my partner to be a stay-at-home wife. And it's that if I got paid $100,000, 50 is hers, because if she's making no income, like I have to pay for her to quote unquote, keep the house together. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I solve that problem in my brain. Uh, and it kind of takes away or puts the pressure. I don't know. I guess I'll figure it out on, on the man, because, you know, I think the, the, the world has gone through this, you know, men are bad. And now we're coming back to be like, oh man, <laughs> we need to care for men. Yeah, it's like, seriously. it's, and it's, and it's never going to be right. You yeah. know, it's a constant pendulum swinging of what's right and wrong. And it's, it's incredible because I have no doubt that, you know, your, your partner is, you know, hardworking, yeah. you know, I highly doubt that you married a mom, <laughs> right. Or maybe he is. And if he is cool. Right. But I highly doubt that. Yeah. Right. And he's contributing, even though you may be the, the, the breadwinner, the one that makes a higher income, or is that the case in your relationship? So, um, so I'm previously married. And so okay. my, my, I have a boyfriend now, um, but my ex-husband and I, like, it's, first off, he's, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful person and, um, I'm grateful for the relationship that I had with him. Um, but it was, you know, like, again, <laughs> it's not that finances played a role in it. It's not that, um, I think I was so careful. I w- I think I was so careful at not emasculating him for being the breadwinner. Um, and I was, wow. I was so um concerned with not making him feel lesser than because you know i 
where we were was dictated on me. Um, so when it comes to someone's like a military spouse's career, it's very, it's very much dictated on the person that's in the service. And that can definitely cause quite a bit of, and I, I don't even think if there was tension, um, I didn't see it until the divorce started, uh, the resentment yeah. come out. Um, but it was, you know, I was so careful in trying to be that modern relationship of the woman being the breadwinner. And there's a lot of couples that figure it out and they do it really well. But my problem was I never had that conversation with him. Like I, I, we never sat down and like had that conversation of how I felt or what our goal, financial goals were together or how we were going to do this, how it, we were going to have conversations when there was conflicts. Like we just avoided that conversation completely and that's not the way to do it. (laughs) Right. Do you, in, in hindsight, um, do you, do you wish that you would have been more upfront and honest with your I don't, I don't, I'm trying to phrase, say it how it's coming out, uh, upfront and honest about your self-worth that you were the breadwinner and that so be it. And that's how the relationship was going to be structured at that time, at least. Uh, you know, I, I wish I protected my assets more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish I was more adamant and put my foot down about you know, equality in that because there was an income coming from his side. And when I look back at the amount of money that I had paid uh, willingly, like I'm not, I'm not, you know, it was, it was from my heart because it was like maybe that guilt thing too, where it was, you know, okay, he's here because I'm here. Um, You know, he's doing this job because that's what he could get quickly because of this move or, you know, and so I was more willing to, pay the whole rent or pay the, you know, because I had that steady, um, consistent income and I didn't want him to, I, I just, again, a conflict avoidant is not, (laughs) is not the right thing. So I, I wish looking back on it that I was more, so that's, that's why I can see, I can see the frustration coming from men sometimes. Um, yeah, a hundred percent because I, kind of experience that in a little bit of a way and again i'm not this is not bad mouthing him at all because i take response i take responsibility for not having that having the courage to have that conversation especially coming from a traditional home where i never saw a woman financially um assertive right right i never saw that and i i think that i i think that that's huge because uh you know my my situation with my ex was uh, not not like it, but she was an officer. I mean, I was enlisted uh, before she, uh, we got started dating before she joined the service. And <laughs> yeah, I, I see you covering yeah, yourself. Yeah. There. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case you're listening. <laughs> Whoa, it's such a problem. <laughs> Quick funny story on that. We were sitting somewhere on a on a S one, and this lady comes out. It's like. When did you guys get married? Stupid like, role. Stay. She wasn't in. I was like, leave it's us alone. Such a stupid role. But right, right. Um, so I feel that we never spoke about a lot of the finance things, and that's something she carried, some things I carried. But there was animosity because there was never clear. Yeah. And I think that I want people to hear this: is that here it is. You're telling a story that countless men are dealing with. They're putting food at home working 10 hour days yeah. and they don't feel appreciated. Yeah. Conversely, there's women doing the same thing. This 
we're all dealing with very similar uh, challenges. And that's what I, I love of what I'm doing here because I want to, sh- the, the whole underlying point of my podcast is like, I want to come in, in a nutshell. Here it is, Major Sidney Jacks. This is what I did wrong. <laughs> Please don't do that, mm-hmm. right? Hi, Bigalardo. This is what I did wrong. Please don't do that. And if you do, know that it's okay and you can overcome it, yeah. right? It's good. It's a learning point, right? Uh, we, we have to fail to to make it out. And I have no doubt that those lessons now make your current relationships. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And that's that's huge. Um, and obviously, my, my focus is finance, right? I don't want to... Uh, do you... On mental health, how do you think... You already spoke in your story. Have you dealt with any women speak of how finance plays into their mental health? Or you don't get that at all? <sighs> Um, so that hasn't, so the year of having almost, it's almost a year now of having my, the balance regret page finance hasn't really come up at all. Um, and that's, a, that's really interesting. I never realized that until you just asked that question. Um, so I'm going to think on that for a little bit on why, but, you know, personally, uh, that feeling of insecurity, um, as since being a, being a child in it. And um, the resentment that you can see within a relationship and um, that definitely created a feeling of insecurity as a kid. And like if I'm if I'm having some sort of like financial friction point or um, a financial concern, it weighs very heavily on my mental health because I think I, I think it puts me right back into that feeling of fear. Um, but, you know, I, I also want to give like credit to my parents that like they were married 44 years when my dad passed away. So that's that example of sticking together and gritting it out and figuring it out for your kids. Like I, um, I'm grateful for that for the rest of my life, being a child to see that, you know, and so I am grateful for that. Um, but the, the feeling of fear and insecurity when it comes to money is huge. So that, yeah. Right. It, yeah. And and I, I'm actually surprised that it had, not surprised, right? I'm, uh, I'm thankful because I try to tell people this. Um, we need our pain. Oh, yeah. And and I just I just dealt with it with a, a really close friend of mine. We were talking about something and I asked him, it's like, hey, bud, do you have $30? And he's like, no. He had just gotten paid. He didn't have $30. And I saw his face of shame yeah. and pain. And I look at him and I'm like, my goal is that you never feel that ever yeah. again. What you're feeling, I don't want you to feel that ever again. And we have to. And it's, I did not expect for you to have such a strong financial emotions mm-hmm. due to your past, which is, shows how real oh, it yeah. is, right? Like the feeling um, of being like a little kid and seeing that on your dad's face, you know? And uh, that's... Yeah. You know, men, men that feel that way, like I feel for them because I saw it and it's, yeah. there's a huge pressure. Um, yeah. And, and men, we, we, we both know this, there's, you know, there's so many men doing the hard jobs, yeah. you know, that, that is like, I, I always, I've, I can never be a construction worker. And these guys are just like grinding it out 10 hours a day in the sun to come home and, the idea that they do that and then someone is not appreciating it, yeah. I can only imagine the pain they must feel. And they, and again, they probably just suck it up and deal with it on Saturday with the boys, but they shouldn't. Yeah. Right? They shouldn't. And uh, that, that's very And very I'll hard. take it a step further. 
Um, yeah. Especially if they're, they're, if their partner is a woman and taking advantage of it or not respecting them or not being grateful and not supporting them emotionally through that financial stuff, like a lot of that bleeds on, it bleeds over to resentment of women like myself that were not like that. <laughs> I think there's, yeah. there's a double stigma for women who are supportive and are appreciative and grateful for what men bring to the table. We're talking about traditional roles again, like a, like whatever, like if somebody has a problem with me saying that, but you know, there's a double, there's a double stigma that women who are supportive and loving and caring that we have to prove ourselves that we're not like that. Um, yeah. And that I, I think like, especially going through ranger school or going to 75th and doing stuff like that, where it's like, I'm not here. <laughs> like there's a lot of women that experience that stigma in other ways, other than financial stuff. That's like, we're not here to take advantage of you or to use you or to make you feel lesser than we're just here to do this job that you need us to do. Um, so yeah, like fi financial, fi I mean, money runs the world. Money runs our security. You got to live, you got to have money to live. Um, and it, it creates a huge stress that can bleed that can bleed into so many other areas. Yeah. And to, you're right. And that's why I'm on the theme, especially after my podcast with, uh, he's a Marine, the cognitive raider that I, I, I I'm here, I'm doing this for people's freedom, yeah. right? Like freedom from debt, freedom from stress, freedom yeah. th to live the life they want to live. But then I'll take it a step further that the more financially secure people are, I'll make more lethal service members yeah. because I know for a fact right now, as we speak, there's a, a 20 something year old man or a 20 something year old woman in a combat zone, you know, probably sitting on post and stressing is like, I have to pay these bills. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want that. I, I, do, I want service members to be able to be like, my finances are good. I'm going to go do the duties that my country asked me to do. Even if it's just on a training area, right? Like, getting that phone call is like, honey, my, the, you know, the house is flooded that a man or a woman can say, don't worry about it. Just call the plumber. No big deal. Who cares if it costs $4,000? That, that position is a whole, it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. And we are made, I'm, I believe that through, just like you through mental health, we're making happier people. We're also making more lethal service yeah. members, which is the, the whole point where we exist. Yeah. Right. So that's huge. I, this is a, uh, uh, this is way better than what I thought it would be. It's like, it's so awesome when it just surpasses your expectations. You would love to be uh, an S1 if you think this way. You think so? Yeah. I, because that's I like do. the good S1s, like the good, the good S1s, the good HR people, like genuinely feel a purpose. Uh, because if I'm, if I'm doing my job and I'm making sure that your personal life is good, I mean, pay falls into AG as well. Like, if I'm making sure that your promotions, that your awards, that your paperwork, your insurance, like your, your dear stuff, like if I'm, if I'm doing my job well and our unit is good administratively, oh yeah, they, those guys can focus on their mission. Those, those guys and girls can focus on their training. They can focus on what they, what their job is and they don't have to, they can worry less about what they have to come home to. Um, you know, they're promotion points they're this and that which impact money um that's that's your job as hr is to make sure that i'm taking care of these guys so that they can go train and result in less casualties right like totally totally and and i i i 
I think I probably would enjoy that. And I'll never forget my uh, in in my Marsoc deployments that especially my first one, there was a uh, a sign at the door of the company that said, "What have you done for the team yeah. today? What have you done for the teams today?" And our admin guy was a gangster, <laughs> and it was like, "I have this problem." It's like, boom, and we would get. It was one of those guys that is like, and he would just write back. It's like, don't worry about it. And then a few days later, it's like it's solved. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't have, have to, to explain <laughs> the problem. Right. It was so awesome. Yeah. And and there's the balancing act of the guy, the war fighter, the sorry, the person doing the war and the person supporting the war that you need both yeah. of them. Right. So that you can continue to push that fight. And then, you know, if admin didn't work right, then all of a sudden you're at a 20 percent casualty. People don't just show no. up. Right. Someone had to do all this legwork to make sure those people are good to put them in a plane to fly them there. It's a, it's an incredible machine that we many people that are fighting the wars take for granted. Uh, and I'm really glad that you highlight that because they deserve that voice. And there's admin kids right now who probably don't feel as proud as the Green Berets they're yeah. supporting. Or they don't, they, they, they might should. not feel their purpose. Yeah. Because it's, uh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a super emotional. Like, pe- I mean, that's why we get shit on so much is because it, it's such an emotional yeah. thing because we're managing your people's personal stuff, like their personal lives. And, yeah. and uh, it's a huge responsibility. And I think S1 should do a study, uh, G1 should do a study and then like surprise and delete all the jump pay from everybody. Oh, God. It's like surprise and see what happens. People lose their minds. It's like, and then write the next email. It's only 150 bucks. Yeah. No, so- what are you tripping? You, you know, people lose their minds if you deleted that. So that's huge. Oh, man, this has been really good. So uh, in, in finance, um, did you feel that you've maximized your, uh, not reenlistments, but any, bo- have you, do officers in the army get a bonuses? Okay, so no bonuses. Have you maximized your per diem, your hazards duty pay, deployment pays, or is most of that gone? I think I've maximized it. I mean, I, again, like I'm not a huge risk taker when it comes to money. Um, and I think I need to learn that. Uh, and I, that probably comes from my upbringing of not yeah. being too much of a risk taker when it comes to investments or things like that, like Bitcoin or, you know, stuff like that, or just investments in general. Like, I just am not a risk taker with it. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, the fact that I am secure and I'm stable and I'm healthy and that I, you know, just... I'm nothing special when it comes to finances, but I think I, I've learned the hard way too. Like, especially my first five, six years of all of a sudden now I am getting paid. Um, and now I do feel what this, this is like. And, um, I had my little methods of how I would save and how I was figuring out how to, I was so excited to pay my first bills for some reason. I was like, this is financial independence. Like, cool. I have a bill to pay. That's it. And um, so yeah. I was I was pretty good there. And, you know, again, I was the the breadwinner of my relationship, too, which kind of goes back to I, I wish I put my foot down more. Um, that was a nine year relationship that I paid for everything. So um, lessons learned for sure there. So now that I am where I am today as a major in D.C., um, I'm much more responsible with that. And learning how to take a little bit more of a risk once I'm ready to take a risk, I think. But I, I don't know if I'll ever be a financial risk taker. So there's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a few things on that is that I'll share a few things. I don't want to tell you mm-hmm. anything. Is that um, 
I just finished this book and in the, like the last post I did, the wealthy are infatuating with protecting their money. So they take very calculated risks, yeah. right? So now I've, I've figured out how to do that and share that with people. So I've learned all these tricks from, I'm very fortunate I've met some incredible wealthy people, men and women, and I can pass this on for the non-risk takers, yeah. right? And I am not pro, you know, I've taken my risks and I've, you know, not all of them have worked out. But with that, I'm on this theme now that you want me to tell you something you've done that is way harder than becoming wealthy? What? Ranger school. Oh, I could. I don't want to go to ranger school. Look at that. I can guarantee you that ranger school is way harder than becoming wealthy, There's right? No that's financial a financial payoff from that. None, right? So that's kind of what I've been telling service members. I'm like, listen, you think getting wealthy is hard? Ranger school is hard. EOD school is hard. Combat is hard. Like you've done all these hard things because you set your mind to it. Yeah. You woke up every morning and you were like, I'm going to be a ranger. And I remember going to UD school. I was like, this is my sole purpose yeah. in life is to make it and put that, put this badge on my chest. And if we grab that same energy, maybe not, and, and not as much, right? We could just a allocate some time throughout the day and like, I'm going to be wealthier and you put it as part of your day, just like healthier or more fit then we can all do it. We've already mastered the art of becoming successful, yeah. right? So now it's just how do you trans transmutate, I think is a phrase, that energy into wealth, uh, which is uh, fascinating. Uh, you know, and the book Think Ever Grow Rich mentions it all the time. So if you're not, if, you know, there's a ton of ways to do it without taking risks, but yeah, you've definitely done way harder things. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to say, I don't want to go to ranger school. <laughs> I don't want to no go thanks. either, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to go back. No, I, I, wanted to, yeah. I wanted to go when I went back. I would never want to do yeah, it again. Not again. Not yeah. again. Yeah. So now, now that we're talking about finance and your time in the military, uh, and you've probably dealt as an S1, people <laughs> deal with countless stressors. Yeah. Is there any skill or experience that you've had in the military that could, that has helped you or now gives you some clarity as you move into your, or, uh, gives you more tools to be successful in finance. And if it's nothing, that's okay too. Well, I, 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 the answer is yes. Um, the answer is yes. I think it's to not trust the system. Um, and I, that's, that might, that might, <laughs> whatever. I, um, you can tell by you say can tell it. by my page. Like I will say whatever I want to say, but um, yeah. I think at an early age uh, there is an intimidation or there is an awe of people at a higher rank, or there's an expectation that everybody that has a certain rank, whether it's officer, NCO, warrant officer, uh, that they that they care. Um, and that they're going to do their job well. And I'm not, and I would say it's the percentage it's on the, it's on the better side of the 50%, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you just blindly trust. Um, no. and it doesn't matter what they have on their uniform. It doesn't matter what badges that they have or what schools or what units they've been to. Uh, it's that trust, but verify, um, concept, especially when it comes to money. And, mm -hmm. you know, just because you submit a packet doesn't mean that 
it's not necessarily that it gets lost. I, I think people think that paperwork gets lost a lot more. It doesn't get lost. It it becomes not a priority. So mm-hmm. um, when something takes forever to hit, you know, if there's a back pay or there's a pay issue from combat entitlements or or whatnot or, you know, a pay inquiry that goes in, it's easy to just say it gets lost because that's the buzzword and that's simple to say. It very rarely does it get lost. Um, it, again, it just is not prioritized. Uh, the priority for a commander or the priority for an office is always, it's not always the S1. So um, it's that trusting, like, yes, I trust that eventually this is going to go through, but you have to be aggressive about it. You have to follow up and, you know, like the squeaky wheel is going to get the oil. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and to me, I would, I never wanted somebody to have to feel like they had to do that. Um, and that's a good F1 or it's a good financial person or a good admin person, but you, you can't just trust that because somebody is in a position of influence or power that they're going to force your stuff to get prioritized. Um, and sometimes right. you've got to, you've got to have that aggression to get it prioritized. Right. And you know. Tying it to some of the things that I've been saying is don't trust the system is that while I generally believe that most humans have a positive intention to everybody's life, the machine does not care about you. The Army, the Marine Corps, the the U.S. government does not care about me, Jaime Gallardo. So if I don't become a squeaky wheel to protect myself, then I'm going to get chewed up, right? So that's a balancing act that I tell people is that do in right now, I just had this podcast with another guy is that don't trust on the VA to be yeah. there. What if it's not right? And it, it may not be. And to your point, uh, if you put in a, a package to be like a packet to say, fix my pay and you don't bug S1 weekly, then probably is, is that like, it's just going to fall back. Or it, I mean, it's this, to care this for system, it will get done. But when we're talking about emotional things, Again, that as that EG stuff, that S1 stuff is emotional, um, it's going to get done. But there's that expectation of like, oh, they're they're going to make this happen and this is going to hit in 30 days or this is going to hit in 15 days. Um, uh, the system, again, it, it's a if we're talking about a car and the S1 being a part of the engine, there's still the whole engine. There's still a bunch of other shit that has to get done. There's still a bunch of other paperwork yeah. that's going across the commander's desk there's still a bunch of other emergencies that are happening um, and higher priorities. And eventually that paperwork is going to get there, but it's a matter of like, be, you know, what do I need to do to help facilitate this? Does this mean, yeah. does this mean before I walk away, I ask, okay, can I have 10 minutes to sit down with you and make sure I filled this out the right way? Because, yeah. okay, now it's going to, that paperwork is going to sit in the office and a week, a week and a half later, it's going to get kicked back for a correction. When you could have yeah. been diligent and aggressive and said, no, I want to sit here and make sure that I fill this out the right way and I have the right supporting documentation. It's really hard to, bl- it's really easy to blame oh, easy, very easy. The, the S1s you want instead of take ownership and people, people miss that. And the other part, like you said, is so emotional. Yeah. If I have a pay problem. And I expect it to be done in 15 days, but at day 16, I'm going to NTC and then my wife is left without money. All of a sudden, you just create a massive problem in your life because you didn't sit down and be go line by line, which I default to. And this is something my mentor harps. I was like, uh, I make no excuses. I take no excuses, Mm -hmm. right? 
So if you're if you learned a system, and I learned this from my my E nines, I was like, you submit a paperwork, make sure it's perfect, and it takes you twenty minutes to learn the system to come back to the S one and be like, hey nerd, I filled it out right. Yeah. Here's the policy, and they're like, oh dang, and that way you have a lot more firepower because you know the military is the military. The competence level is so yeah. broad that if you're as good as you claim to be, then be as thorough as you claim to be. Yeah, and um. Unless you share the emergency aspect, the, the the tension aspect, like if there is a real problem, we're we're not going to look at it as okay. This is a high priority thing that we've got to get pushed through. This is gonna. This is a standard paper piece of paperwork that's got to move. Uh, and that that's such a touchy thing too. You know, like going to your first art or going to your senior enlisted or you know commander to make sure that they're they're putting the muscle behind a certain paperwork and you know moving. Um, but again, it's just like just because you go to the, just because you go and you submit something or you you do it the standard way for the military, um, you got to put the extra effort in to to make sure yeah. it goes through. Yeah. Quickly. Totally agree. Yeah. I agree. So going back to your page, what led you to create Balance Your Grit? Uh, and yeah, first, let's start with that. What led you to create it? So I um, I went from first female in the White Falcons to, you know, second at regiment, you know, first, first female with the tab and the scroll um, in the army. And the, what it takes to, to do that, right? Like it takes quite a bit of grit and quite a bit of tolerance of, um, shit. And that's not putting blast on the units I've been to. I, I love and, and extremely proud of the units, but there's, there's a lot of noise and there was a lot of hate. There's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of distraction, distracting things that you also have to manage to continue to do your job well. Um, and to stay focused. And I don't think I didn't, by the end of my time at 75th, like I didn't realize the effect that it had on me and my own mental health until, uh, I, I really needed help. And, um, I left there very unhealthy and nobody, nobody knew it was happening. I barely knew it was happening to myself. Um, but then once it became dark and once it became bad, like it was pretty bad. And, so once I, so while I was on my training with industry, I went through a lot of therapy and I, I went through like a disordered eating program and stuff like that. And this was during COVID. So it came at a pretty good time that I was isolated and I could just rest and I could just take and work on myself, um, not in uniform or anything. And so then I came up here to DC and I was like, okay, you know, yeah, this job is difficult, but I'm not working from before sunrise to after sunset. What am I doing with my time? Um, my boyfriend had just picked up a contracting gig overseas and I was like, okay, you know, like I got time on my hands here. So I just started reaching out to other women. Um, I put a post in the, like the, all the female ranger Facebook group and was like, Hey, this is who I am. Like I hadn't been on social media because I, I couldn't <laughs> be in use of sock. So, um, I'd never really been a part of a female working like female group or anything like that. Cause I, I just, honestly, I didn't believe in that at the time. Um, so I, I just put a post in the group and was like, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I've done. Um, this is what I went through. 
and I'm, I'm doing a lot better now. And if any of you are experiencing this like A to N, uh, I'm here for you. You know, if you if you want to chat about it, um, there wasn't any posts like that in that Facebook group really until because a lot of it was like prepping for school or um, advice on school, advice on this and that and like that, the physical stuff. There wasn't a lot of that emotional, mental stuff. Because, again, you guys think about the woman that's going for this, like where we block that shit out because we, we can't, you know, we stay focused. Um, yeah. And my phone just my it, it, my Facebook Messenger and my phone it didn't stop like it didn't stop blowing up wow. from from women that like I even saw as oh, that's a that I mean yes they're badass and everything but they're dealing with a lot of shit quietly uh, oh yeah not thinking that you know it, anyone else is experiencing the same thing um, and a lot of us don't reach out to each other with a lot of that extra uh, mental stuff because you don't want to find out that like, (laughs) no, they're fine. Uh, I am weak, you know, or I am weaker. I shouldn't have done this or I wasn't prepared for this when it's like, no, you, we, we are, um, we just didn't talk to each other. So I just started, I was having the same conversation over and over and over again, which is beautiful and amazing. Uh, and I was like, no, I'm just going to start making this page because I'm realizing how many of us are going through certain stuff and uh, confused or focused or, or, you know, angry, uh, frustrated. And we can do better than that. Like there's enough of us women who have gone through these really challenging schools or units and integration specifically. And um, they, these younger women should not be should not be going through the same shit uh, that we did. That's that's irresponsible of us. Um, we should be mentoring and we should be sharing the honest truth to take care of that right. grit that it requires, you know, that, that grit that you need needs to be managed and taken care of. So, man, that's, that's so big, so big. And I, uh, thank for, thank you for what you're doing for helping women with that because I can, I can only imagine. And, um, uh, I shared it in mine. I had a, uh, in my intro, I, I had a suicide ideation, gun loaded and everything. And we forget that to be a soft operator or to be a proper service member, mental health is important. Yeah. Go ahead, bury it all you want. You're going to end up on a wall somewhere. You're going to end up a memory and, and, and not remember because you did something that we regret or something you're going to fail yourself by going to Ranger and failing, or you're going to try out for something and not make it. It's like, it's part of, it's part of, for crying out loud, that's why Intrepid Spirit Center says it. My, everybody says it, right? Mind, body, spirit, finance, right? Uh, sorry, Intrepid Spinner says that. <laughs> I took it from that. That's not my idea. I'm going to copy it, right? So if we, you know, you're taking care of the mind, which is huge. And I have no doubt that more women are going to achieve incredible things thanks to what you're doing. Uh, making that change and putting that our stories are real. And, you know, I'll look at every single one of my friends in Marsoc, every, you know, Green Bray I ever talked to. It's like, you're a big old softy. And if you're hiding it, you're just hiding it. Yeah. You know, whatever. You know, you're not, you're not the toughest guy I know. Yeah. Right. Or you're not the toughest woman I know. And I see uh, from, from women in the military, you guys do even a better job of hiding yeah. it. You're just like, you show up, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. And then you go home and, you know, as emotional creatures as we all are, yeah, 
there's a fall apart and it's huge, right? Uh, yeah, that's actually, I really appreciate that. So I kind of, you're kind of alluding to it uh, and I'll ask you two more questions. Uh, and the first one will lead to the next one. What are your goals and dreams in life? If you're open. Yeah, to you know, um, podcasts have asked me that before. Uh, I, I value goals. Like I do have goals, but I try not to have goals because I think goals limit you. Um, and I, I think that when people set goals, uh, they, well, they can potentially, and they do, they do make decisions, um, to reach that goal that limit them from actually surpassing that goal. Um, and maybe having a different goal. And when it comes to life, I try to keep it a broad goal, which is like, I, I want to feel a healthy, happy purpose of helping people and having a social community purpose and everything else, if it can fall underneath that and support that feeling of, um, a positive purpose and a positive contribution to the world, then I can die happy. And I know that my obituary is going to be filled with things that I have done to try to help people and just try to make this crazy place a little bit better. Um, so that's, yeah. that's really, I mean, it's, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm kind of hippy dippy at heart with a lot of stuff, but, um, that's really my goal. Uh, if we're talking financial goals, it's to support that. Honestly. Yeah. What about dreams? dreams? Do you have any dreams? Yeah. Um, I don't think I have dreams. I, I don't think I have dreams. I think I have visions. I ha think I have visions of what I would like to achieve. I think I have visions of, uh, and when I say things that I would like to achieve, I think it's more of, um, feelings I would like to feel. I think it, I think it's impacts I would like to have. Uh, I think it's, courageous things like speaking up and speaking out or being vulnerable or things that are kind of rebel, like more socially rebellious. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have more, I have visions of that and it's balancing that with patience, uh, is really important to me. Um, so I don't think they're necessarily dreams because I don't, I don't want them to be fleeting. Like I don't want it to be like I woke up and I don't remember my dream or, stuff like that it, to me it's more like i want to be awake i want to be focused on this i want this to be a fucking vision that like I, i'm yeah. i'm going to make this happen uh, that was ranger school for me right that was rasp i mean first up it was rasp before ranger school it, it wasn't like i have a dream of wearing that tambourine it was like i see that happening and nothing is going like i i'm going to make this happen and it wasn't a goal to me it wasn't a dream it wasn't a goal it was i'm going to make this happen and my goal, like my, my vision is to be a fantastic RS1 and do my job really well. And like be an RS1 that like brings credit and respect back into that AG community in that unit. Um, not necessarily a goal of like, I want to pass Ranger school. It's like, yes. Yeah. So I think that we, we, we both said, I see dreams as you say visions. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll share something with you. Have you ever heard of Ed Milet? No. 
So Ed Milet says this thing. He's a positive speaker. He's top 50 wealthiest people in America. He says that imagine whatever vision, dream you have, let's say money, this lifestyle, this goal, mm -hmm. whatever. We don't really want those things. We want the feelings that we get yeah. from experiencing that, right? Like, I don't really want a million dollars. I want to, the feeling I get for that. Like, I yeah. don't really want to travel the world. The feeling that I get from that is what I yeah. want, right? So I think that we are, it's, and, and again, what I captured that, because this is what I, I try to tell a lot of people is like this whole, like going back to a book uh, I've said already, Think and Grow Rich, you could put Think and Grow Successful, Think and Grow, Insert, whatever. It applies all the same. Um, secure. Which is, is huge. Security. Right. Think like that, and Grow Secure. It's right. all forms of security. I think is that vision is like financial security, you know, emotional security. Um, yeah. Just health security, like not having to rely on pills, you know, like being secure and independent and, Ooh. you know, and, um, not saying pills, not, I'm not saying I abuse pills, but more of like not having to rely on medication, um, not having yeah. to rely on antidepressants. Like what am I doing to not have to be on that? Um, I, I figured that's what you meant, yeah. right? It's just the military. <laughs> yeah. Nothing that, against, yeah. you know, so, people that are struggling with addiction, but they need to take him, right? Yeah. I'm all about it. Just don't abuse him, yeah. Right. So you kind of alluded to it, but with that vision, yeah. what effect do you want to have on the world? Like, what do you say? Like, this is like a balance your grits end goal. This is a Sydney Jack's end goal. If there's anything different from balance your grit. Allowing food. What's the question, the specific question again? Because I don't want to be long-winded. I've been long-winded this entire time. <laughs> no, you've been incredible. It's, it's been awesome. I have, uh, I have nothing but time and patience to hear people talk. It's a, it's a skill that not enough men have. You hear that, men? Learn to listen. Uh, what if, yeah, yeah. What effect do you want to have on the world? And I, let's say not even the world, but your world. Not, um, I don't want to make it negative. So mitigating, you know, limitations, I think. And that's Ooh, nice. the, those, the really, really hard days, um, at school, like in, enduring social treatment that people can't really imagine. And I don't want them to imagine it. Um, yeah, it's. Oh, what got me through that a lot, what got me through, like what my purpose is, like where I drive my motivation from is like, there's so many people that rule themselves out and they, they yeah. fall for that limitation. They fall for that social limitation of, I can't do that. Or I, I'm not the right person for that. Or my background or where I come from or how I look physically, how I look, I'm not strong enough to do that. And I can't, you know, and they, they self-rule themselves. They, they self, they fail, they fail themselves before they could even fail a school. Um, and I wanted to represent like, you can take a risk and, and you can go for this and, um, you can be, a, you can succeed in it. And, that's what I'm doing with balance your grit right now. Like with that page and wherever that goes is, you know, I'm pissing a lot of people off with it 
and I'm annoying yeah. a lot of people with it. And I'm getting a reputation, I'm sure, from people that are like, uh, you shouldn't be saying this stuff or you shouldn't be this vulnerable and, oh, you're a major and you shouldn't be blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know what? I, I, I know this is I know this is good. Like I, the women that I have helped in the most fucked up situations and help them navigate that uh, instead of having to figure it out on their own. Um, yeah. No, like I'm showing that, yeah, you can be honest and, and you can speak up. And you can put yourself out there and it can result in good. And um, that it's kind of, it's grown from what I physically wanted to achieve um, on those harder days at school or Rasper in those units at, at, in the 82nd and at, in USASAC. Like it's transferred now over into this page where it's, you can criticize me as much as you want but i'm not going to limit myself to your criticism or because it makes you uncomfortable because i know what i'm doing is for good and i know it's for a purpose and i know it's helping people and you can't stop that like you, you can't stop me um and i want to represent that to like those younger kids men women doesn't matter like doesn't matter to me but just representing that and, and, you know, like you said, like uh, you were saying earlier, don't self-select, yeah. right? We say that in, 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 in soft all the time. Don't self-select. And if you got to reach out for help, reach out. And I, I really appreciate that because I have no doubt that there's a guy right now that is going to listen to this podcast and it's going to be like, I need to reach out to somebody. Mm -hmm. It may be you, it may not be you, but they, they're also dealing with their dramas and there's plenty of stories of young men going through selections in schools and be like, I'm dealing with whatever, I'm quitting. When they could have just reached out, talked about it, get the help and continue. You can overcome that moment of it's too hard. Yeah. Uh, so don't, don't, don't self-select. And, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to die under the ruck, that's probably better, right? In many ways, mm -hmm. just, just, just fine. Because we yeah. thought, we so talked, that's huge. I really we talked about it on the phone where it's like, the number of times you probably get this too. It's the most frequent thing that I get from, from my page is I had no idea that so many other people felt this, or I had no idea that you experienced this too. I thought I was the only one, or I thought that this was not so common. And it's like, <laughs> if people, you know, all you got to do is just reach out and talk to somebody and you, you're going to realize yeah. that what you're suffering with is way more common and it's not unique to you. And other people have have pursued and, and found their way on the other side of it. Um, and they want to help you. Yeah. And um, I think it's we're in a world where people feel so alone and they don't realize that yeah. so many other people are experiencing the same stuff. So, yeah, I, I got really excited because I thought of an analogy. I love an analogy. That makes sense <laughs> to me. I, it's necessary for yeah. my brain. It's like what you're talking about. And it's you're right in finance and whatever, yeah. it's like we've all dug our fighting position uh -huh. and we like peek out of it and we see nobody. But it's only the fog. But there's literally another fighting position that looks exactly the same, like two feet <laughs> yeah. next to you. You just can't see it. And there's like millions. Yeah. And if we just like clear this fog, you would realize, oh, I'm not yeah. alone. This is going to be easy, right? It's yeah. going to be easy. And we've there's hundreds of people that have done it you know, that we've overcome whatever, insert X challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Wow. Sydney, thank you so much. This was awesome. This is great. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure uh, yeah, and, and an honor because I, I was looking for women that could leave a positive impact. I, like I said, I don't want to be a page that only talks to soft guys. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Far from that. I want to talk to all service members, you know, and uh, I, I'll say this. Hopefully she hears it. I, uh, I sent a, a, a message to a female Submariner that's an astronaut. And I was like, please read this. I want to interview you. You're badass, <laughs> you know, and I, because wow. we all have stories, yeah. right? Like, and, and I want to capture that. And here we thought, even our first conversation is like, y- you probably are thinking, what do I have to say about money? And here you were, a ton to <laughs> say about money, a ton of uh, experience that men and women are feeling the same thing. Yeah. They saw their fathers deal with that, their mothers deal with that. And you're not alone and we can overcome all this. So I'm really thankful for your time. Uh, this was Awesome. And uh, I can't wait to, to put it live as soon as it comes out. I'll let you know. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is not financial advice and it only represents the opinions of those participating. Our goal is to get you to your version of financially independence. Please follow and like on every platform.